0: Morning folks, this is Jesse Cope back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing good, wherever it is, whatever part of the day you're in so far, I have one puppy dog who has immediately come out to join me, but now she's she's excited, but she's a little bit tepid. For those of y'all that continue to join me for a little bit each day, thank you sure to appreciate it. Uh, hope y'all get something out of it. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with other people and tell them about it, send it to them, whatever it is that you're doing, talking to other people about it, uh, I would appreciate it if you would just keep doing that because it seems to be working. So we're going to go for one of our little walks today. Um, i sure you can hear the wind and the trees, so hopefully that's overhead and not too bad here. Now, I have two puppy dogs, which is always fun. We'll see how long they stay. Uh, we're going to go back to something muscle memory, right? For those of y'all that have been with this podcast for a while, I talk about that frequently and we'll continue to. It was actually pretty interesting. Our pastor talked about that this past weekend about muscle memory, specifically using that phrase. And uh, if I remember correctly, I wrote some notes on it, but I, I don't have those with me right now. He was referring to, you know, if you really want to know Christ, how can you possibly hope to know Christ if you don't spend time in God's Word? Because cause that's what He left us. He left, left us that, that record. God left, gave us this record of the actions of His Son. Not to mention the Old Testament before that, but, and of course the answer is you can't. It's the same thing we talk about so often, you know, you want to work out. It's so simple. You want to work out. I mean, you want to, you want to be in shape. You want to be healthy. What do you do? Well, you, you change the way you eat. You change the way you work out. You change the way you live. And yet when it comes to our faith, our relationship with God and Jesus Christ, and when it comes to our marriages, our relationship with our spouse, we just want to be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, that'll just happen by magic. We don't really have to work on that. We don't have to give any energy or time to that. We certainly don't have to make that a priority. That should, you know, that should just naturally happen. And then we make up this great excuse. I love this one. We go, it just, it shouldn't be that hard. This should be just something natural and, and it feels good and right. And, and, and it just shouldn't be. We don't do that with anything else in the entire world. Nobody says working out when you're getting ready for a sport, for those of y'all that played it in high school or college, uh, or, or when you go go to your job to earn money, nobody says, oh, this should just feel so wonderful and natural, and and if it doesn't, <clears throat> if it doesn't feel that way, then I'm not going to do it. Anyway, I got way off track there, folks. We'll talk about that some other time. We're going to go to, almost said Madison, not Madison, Hamilton, uh, and this is a... Excerpt from the New York Evening Post, January 12, 1802, has to do with immigration. Obviously, we have horrible immigration policies and have had for decades, and it's pretty, it's just great stuff. Resume, resuming the subject of our last paper, we proceed to trace still farther the consequences that must result from a too unqualified admission of foreigners to an equal participation in our civil and political rights. Meaning if you you open the floodgates and let everybody in and let them vote, let them participate, you're going to have horrible problems, which we see today. The safety of a republic depends essentially on the energy of a common national sentiment. On a uniformity of principles and habits, on the exemption of the citizens from foreign bias and prejudice, and on that love of country, which will almost invariably be found to be closely connected with birth, education, and family. This echoes Coolidge, President Coolidge's statement that if we don't basically have universal Christian values across the country, the Republic will cease to exist. Where do we get those? Which is echoed by Reagan and others. You get those in the family. You get those in education, Benjamin Rush. Again and again, folks, what has the left done? They're already breaking the first two of Hamilton's comments here. They want to flood the country with illegals. In New York and California, we already see they want to give illegals the right to vote, citizens, uh, and and more than that, just just immigrants in general, immediately upon entering and becoming citizens. And regardless of their background, they they want to take God and our founding values and have done a phenomenal job. You've got to give them that of taking God and family values out of education and out of the family. The opinion advanced in the notes on Virginia is undoubtedly correct, that foreigners will generally be apt to bring with them attachments to the persons they have left behind to the country of their nativity, and to its particular customs and manners. They will also entertain opinions on government, congenial with those under which they have lived, or, if they should be led hither from a preference to ours, how extremely unlikely is it that they will bring with them that temperate love of liberty so essential to real republicanism. Talking about Republicanism as not the political party today, folks. Just but the, the fact that we are a republic. There may, as to there may, as to particular individuals and at particular times, be occasional exceptions to these remarks. Yet such is the general rule. The influx of foreigners must therefore tend to produce a heterogeneous compound, to change and corrupt the national spirit to complicate and confound public opinion, to introduce foreign propensities. In the composition of society, the harmony of the ingredients is all important. And whatever tends to a discordant intermixture must have an injurious tendency. You absolutely see this, folks. You see this in the flood of illegals, many of them coming from Mexico. They come up here and what flag do many of them would. Not the American flag. But the Mexican flag, uh, there's a phenomenal story I had from one of my staff sergeants in uh, one of my units of the Marine Corps. We were with a artillery unit, and he was a platoon sergeant, actually, for all intents of purposes, Principals, for those of y'all that know anything about it, he was a, the acting company gunny, which was a big deal. It tells you that he was pretty good at his job. And he had a tattoo on his shoulder. Uh, that said, ECHO in Mexico. And he told us one time when we were just sitting around in the office, he said uh, he got that tattoo and his father immediately slapped him upside the back of the head. His father was pretty irritated about it uh, because his father loved this country deeply and uh, got really irate at the Marine when he was a young, young man. When he got that tattoo, he said, this is a little uh, off-color, folks, so I apologize in advance. He said, He said, boy, you weren't made in Mexico. You were made in the back of a Cadillac. And, uh, of course, we all laughed about it. But the father's point, the staff sergeant, the point he was making is his father was deeply incensed that his son would even even pretend to have more loyalty to a place that he had come from and really never known than this American country, which has given his father so many opportunities and which his father loves so deeply. And what Hamilton is talking about here is, you know, whatever the immigrants, whether they're legal or illegal, whatever these immigrants bring with them, it's got to be not heterogeneous in the sense of different ideas and values, folks. Yeah, you want heterogeneous in the idea of different talents, different skills, strengths and weaknesses, but not values. That's where the left does such a great job of of twisting truth just enough they just leave just a grain of truth and making it really awful you want those different strengths and weaknesses you we do not want different values as far as our fundamental core teachings of christ christian republican values we want those half have those when we don't as as hamilton said uh, it's got an injurious tendency and that's what we see today The United States have already felt the evils of incorporating a large number of foreigners into their national mass. It has served very much to divide the community and to distract our councils by promoting in different classes different predilections in favor of particular foreign nations and antipathies against others. It has been often likely to compromise the entrance. Interests of our own country in favor of another. In times of great public danger, there is always a numerous body of men of whom there may be just grounds of distrust. The suspicion alone weakens the strength of the nation, but their force may be actually employed in assisting the invader. You've got to be real careful here, right? Putting Japanese Americans in internment camps in World War II based on little other than their ethnicity. But the point is still valid in that if you have people that come here and are immediately incorporated into our civil and political activities, as as Hamilton said, they're probably gonna have pretty strong loyalty to their workplace, to the way they were raised, their education. And and when you have kids that are drug over illegally, as we do so many today, those kids are still going to be taught by parents that have those loyalties, not to America often, but to other countries. That's not always, as Hamilton said. There's, there's certainly exceptions to that rule. But there's, there's justifiable concern and that flooding the country with unchecked immigration is going to result in many people, many Americans, if they become Americans, if you want to pretend that that's, that's the way to go that do not love America and and have more loyalty to places that they came from and the government form there and the values there. In the infancy, infancy of the country with a boundless waste to people, it was politic to give a facility to naturalization. But our situation has now changed. It appears from the last census that we have increased about one third in 10 years. After allowing for what we have gained from abroad, it will be quite apparent that the natural progress of our own population is sufficiently rapid for strength, security, and settlement. By what has been said, it is not meant to contend for a total prohibition on the right of citizenship to strangers, nor even for the very long residence which is now a prerequisite to naturalization and which of itself goes far toward a denial of that privilege. The present law was merely a temporary measure adopted under peculiar circumstances and perhaps demands revision. But there is a wide difference between closing the door altogether and throwing it entirely open, between a postponement of 14 years and an immediate admission to the rights of citizenship. Some reasonable term ought to be allowed to enable aliens to get rid of foreign and acquire American attachments, to learn the principles and imbibe the spirit of our government and to admit of at least a probability of their feeling a real interest in our affairs. A residence of at least five years ought to be required. That's a huge paragraph, folks. I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to go ahead and finish this up real quick. Though, In the rights of naturalization, if the rights of naturalization may be communicated by parts, and it is not perceived why they may not, those peculiar to the conducting of business and the acquisition of property might with propriety be at once conferred, upon receiving proof by certain prescribed solemnities of their intention to become citizens, postponing all political privileges to the ultimate term. To admit foreigners indiscriminately to the rights of citizens the moment they put foot in our country, as recommended in The Message, would be nothing less than to admit the Grecian horse into the citadel of our liberty and sovereignty." And this is signed a series that he wrote, Lucius Crassus, uh, again, New York, Evening Post, January 12th, 1802. Uh, quite a bit here, folks, in those last two paragraphs. The, that, going back to that first paragraph, what he's getting at here is letting immigrants, and he's not even talking about illegal immigrants, but letting them come in and immediately giving them all voting rights and everything is a horrible idea because they've still got those attachments. And and he's illustrating here that the term at this point was 14 years. And Hamilton was saying that's too long. You know, that's basically telling these immigrants you're going to come, but you're never going to be able to really participate. This 14 years is a long time. He was arguing five years. I would argue more than that, maybe seven. Uh, But this ought to apply not only federally, but but state. You know, you want to we see this today. You have so many people that move from California or, or a state like California to a state like Texas but then they want to vote the same way they were. They want to bring the values with California, right? Even partial values, they want to bring them to this place that they fled to. They want to bring the same things that they just fled from. And you see this from the tendencies toward big socialist government from immigrants from South and Central America, right? Uh, Middle East, uh, parts of Asia. So it's completely reasonable to say, hey, yeah, come. But you're going to have to wait seven, eight years before you get to vote. That's not unusual at all. Voting's not a right, folks. We have this idea. You know, we've kind of made it that way over the centuries since our inception as a country. Uh, But it was not originally a universal right. And yeah, you can make the arguments about, well, it was only white men that got to vote. Okay, great. Shouldn't be based on gender or race for sure. But voting should be something. That, that has to be earned and you see what happens when it's not look at the percentage of people who have the quote right unquote to vote look what's our percentage of people that come out it's pathetic we rarely as a nation right i, I you know 70 80 percent of the voting population actually voting in an election is shockingly rare I, if ever, I, I don't even know. You'd have to talk, find somebody that actually runs your local elections and talk to them. I'm pretty sure that that ours that I've talked to the last two or three election cycles, it's been somewhere around the neighborhood of 30%. Uh, maybe even lower on a couple of the, the off-cycle elections, you know, for like a local school board or something. That's horrific, folks. To have this this ability to vote in free elections... And I'm not going to get into the discussions about whether the elections last cycle were rigged or fraud or anything like that. But to have this ability to have men and women who have died and sacrificed or, or given their loved ones and to, to barely be able to break of 25 percent of the voting eligible population. That's pathetic. And so if it's that indifferent, if we're that indifferent, then, then people really don't care about it. And it shouldn't be treated as a right. It should be treated as something that you have to earn. And if you're going to come into this country or you're going to move from one state to another, it ought to be treated as something that you have to earn. And that's really what Hamilton was talking about here with these immigrants. You don't just automatically open the door and say, hey, you get everything as soon as you step foot. Right. The birthright citizenship, the 14th Amendment, that's a joke that was never intended to function that way. Just because you have a kid here in the United States it doesn't mean that that kid should automatically be whatever they call it, an anchor baby that should automatically be a citizen. That's something that we have to earn, folks, and we have got to start to move that direction because, as Coolidge said, you've got to have those, those universal values for the Republic to survive based on the teachings of Christ. And Hamilton echoes that. And, you know, he really says if you give them that time, then those people that want to be American citizens They're going to imbibe, was his word, our spirit, our values. They're going to really soak in these values so that by the time they start to vote, whether you're talking again about somebody moving from one state to another, or whether you're talking about an immigrant coming into our country, they're going to really know those values in that place that they moved to and support that and that love of country. And what we see now is the exact opposite, this completely open-door policy. And it's just destroying us, folks. It's ripping us apart because many of these people on the federal level and the state level, they do not share the values of the place that they're moving to. And you can see that. You know that. Those of y'all that listen to this podcast, wherever you live, y'all are bright. You look around. You pay attention. You know that people moving into your communities your states that have left, that have fled from left leaning places or the illegals that are coming in or even immigrants that are coming in legally, but are coming from, from places with a socialist big government background. They're sticking to those values, not to our values as an American country based on the teaching, American republic based on the teachings of Christ. We'll come back to this every once in a while, folks, because it's such a valid point, such an, such an important point. Sure to appreciate y'all. Joining me for a little bit, thank y'all so much for giving me some of your time. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever's left of your day. Remember Patrick Henry's sphere of Influence. Wherever you can talk to somebody about the truth, talk to them. We've got to start to turn this thing around, folks. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.